Today is Monday, February 6th, and we have a good one for you today. We're talking Maryland basketball and their hot streak they're on right now. We have former Maryland great Mr. Travis Garrison on the phone, and we have future Terp Mr. Jonathan the Moth on the phone. It's going to be a good one for you today. I hope you enjoy it. Sit back, like, and subscribe, and here we go. It was gangster, gangster at the top of the list. Then I played my old it went something like this. Cruising down the street in my six four, jocking the, slapping the, went to the park to get the scoop, knuckleheads out there, cold shooting some hoops. A car pulls up, who can it? Hello everybody, this is Travis Garrison, 2004 ACC champ. You're listening to Turtlehead Podcast. This is John Delamore from Maryland Basketball, and you're listening to Turtlehead's Podcast. For Terps, the Orioles and the Ravens. Knowing nothing in life but to be legit. We are back another week of Turtleheads podcast, and we have some good news. The Terps beat number 21, Indiana, and then they went to Minnesota on the road and got their first conference road kill. Absolutely hammered Minnesota, but let's start off with the old Indiana coming into Xfinity and losing 66-55. to Your Terps improved to 15-7 and at the time of that game. I'm actually looking at stats now, Tricky. How did we win this game? Because I was there, and we lost every statistical category, but you know what's not on the stat list? It is heart and hustle. Well, hustle's not on the uh, stat list, but Akeem Hart uh, didn't do much to help you. Uh, you He only had the six points and two assists, one measly rebound. But it's the the Juju and Jameer show. Um, Shout out to Scott, though, and his 19 points. A lot of heavy minutes in that game, uh, which was necessary to win. You know, they're, they're a ranked team. We're not, so we definitely needed to win that. Um, good contribution by Million and uh, Martinez, though. They seem to be our uh, our quality bench guys as far as coming in and doing a little bit of the dirty work. But um, it's, it's always going to be a team effort with us. We don't have one star who's going to go out there and just put the whole team on his back. Uh, it's the contribution of all the parts, and that's what a real team is, and we're seeing it right now. Great win over Indiana, and I think some of the confidence we got from uh, beating them the way we did uh, carried over into the uh, Minnesota game, which was never in question. Well, if you look at it, I could tell you where we won, and I don't know why I didn't remember this. Six steals and forced 12 turnovers. We only had five turnovers. The defense has showed up time and time again. I think we actually one of the best defenses in the league statistically. But, I mean, Xfinity is a hard place to play. When the students show up and the crowd shows up, it's hard to play. Shane, what do you got for the Indiana game? Uh, no, it was just a great game. Uh, you mentioned the turnovers right now. That seems to be the biggest thing I've noticed, along with better shooting. Uh, but um, turnovers is the is the number one thing in this good four-game win streak that we're on. We're not turning the ball over. We're playing better, and that allows us to set up our press, uh, force the other team into making turnovers, speed up that game of play. And um, I'm not going to say that – disagree completely with you that we don't have that one guy, but I think Jameer Young is turning into that one guy. I mean, he is just balling, putting out outstanding numbers over this last four or five. Even the games we lost, like to Purdue, I mean, he, he put up double figures and then some against Purdue. And uh, it's really exciting to watch him play. And he's even being scrappy and getting the rebounds, five, six rebounds a game for the shortest player on the field every game. That's amazing. 
So let's move on to the Minnesota game last night. Maryland then approves to 16-7, and the Golden Gophers are ready to pack it up for the season at 7-15. They still have to come to Xfinity later on the season, They but they are having a lot of injuries on their team. Nothing against Minnesota. I know it's hard. We've been there before having struggling seasons, but you know for, once again, the old coaching staff, 10 years, 10-plus 10 years, we sat there, and that's a game, which I can remember, I think 2016, the year we had the – Turgeon's greatest team went to Minnesota and we lost to Minnesota who was having a terrible team that year. I remember Joey King just lighting us up. We got people taking selfies behind you. The crowd loves it. They stuck with you guys. How important was closing out this win for you? You know, there's not too many fans that would come out day in and day out for an 0-13 team. So, uh... so it's not out of Maryland possibility the past 10 years to go into Minnesota, have your favorites, and lose. It wasn't even a question. I mean, it was, it was thirty to eleven. I mean, it happened so quick, and I mean everything was clicking. The threes were falling. We shot thirty-four percent from the field. Oh, excuse me, fifty-two percent from the field, forty-two percent from three-point range, and then we had out-rebounded them. We out-assisted them. Had nine steals for sixteen turnovers. We only had five. Once again, like Shane said, we have just eliminated turning the ball over, and we are forcing teams to turn the ball over. So. Willard has the boys playing great. We do have to go to Sparty this week, Tuesday, 9 o'clock start. But it feels good to be on a four-game win streak. Chris, give me some good, bad, and ugly of the Minnesota game. Well, the good, uh, of course, was the fact that we won in so convincingly. And something I've noticed, we mentioned the four-game winning streak. We've really kept the intensity up in the second half. Uh, Earlier in the season, that's when we would kind of fade a little bit. And I think a lot of it has to do with our press. You know, we're now asserting ourselves and our style of basketball. Um, and we certainly showed that against Minnesota uh, to where we make them play our game. And that makes us more comfortable as a team, I think. Um, more good, because I know I'm Mr. Negative. But after a win like that, there's not much negative. All the different guys that came in off the bench and got minutes. Uh, garbage time is still uh, time on the court. Um, even Brett Carcass got in there for a little bit, uh, and, um, uh, Zubia, if I'm pronouncing that, uh, Zuba, the, uh, young Ukrainian, Pavlo de Zuba, uh, got Sounds in right there. to me. Sure, of course it does. <laughs> um, but I mean, obviously Ike Cornish, Martinez, Emilian, those guys, uh, got their minutes, but yeah, to see the guys off the bench get in there and, uh get to touch the basketball that was fun i got an ugly for you can i take the ugly sure because you're not gonna find an ugly maryland stat I'm, I'm gonna put it i'm not gonna let you do it the ugly was the man who got posterized by swanton bond bomb again that's two posters he's had this year and tricky he is shooting 100 percent from the field this year mr perfect 100 percent. well as long as he doesn't miss any of those big dunks and he can keep that stat up i told you he's our he's our diamond in the rough Yes. Well, I hate to burst your bubble, but according to this, he oh, was no. one one for two oh, no. last night. Did he miss no. a shot? Uh, oh. According to ESPN stats, oh, he one he for two last perfect. night. Oh, man. Well, so that was also the ugly. So yeah, there's your ugly. Season's over. Wrap it yeah. up. Uh, one thing I, I'd just like to add, um, I'd like to keep seeing us moving forward with, with these wins. I see, uh, you know, we're starting to develop kind of a big three, if you will, with – Juju, Scott, and Young, uh, all three of them in double figures last night, all three of them in double figures against uh, Indiana, 
So that's something to keep an eye on the rest of the season. If we can get those three guys staying hot, and even if one of them has a down night but still able to contribute close to double digits, that's something to keep an eye on. So I'm not going to count my chickens before they hatch here. The the fan inside of me says we're going 8-0 to finish the season. But realistically, we talked two weeks ago. Things are looking a lot better than they were two weeks ago. I think we can all agree with that. Let's say we do lose at Michigan State. That's fine. You're allowed to lose road games. But we hold serve against Penn State at home. We upset Purdue at home, which I think it's a good possibility. It's it's not, I think, impossible was going to Purdue and winning. And ever since we showed that we can compete with them, I think it's just been a new life to Maryland. But let's say we win that game. We beat Nebraska at their house. We hold Maryland, or we beat Minnesota at home. That's what? That's 4-1. and one. And then we beat Northwestern, make it 5-1. and one. Even if we were to lose the last two games against Ohio State and Penn State, five and three to finish the season, that puts us at fourteen and seven. I think we'll all take that, especially going into the season. We didn't know what we would have, but it's just the schedule is friendly on the back end for us, and we just have to capitalize. Yeah, looking at the standings right now, sitting at seven and five in Big Ten play, uh, that has us tied for third, and there is a just a log jam. Uh, right there in the middle of the pack, you've got Iowa, Maryland, Indiana, and Illinois all at seven and five. Northwestern, Michigan at six and five. So it is a log jam. Really, outside of Purdue, there's no spot that's untouchable. We can go out there and take that number two seed if we continue to play well. Yeah, I, I think double buy is in reach. And tricky, you're talking about the four game win streak, and we've all talked about it. Give me a year. The last time Maryland won four conference games in a row, just give me a guess. What do you think? Um, I wouldn't want to think it was that long ago. Uh, I'll say uh, maybe the 2012 team. Shane? I saw this stat, but I do not remember what it was. But I am going to say pre-Mark Turgeon. Who would have thought 2007? Wow. So, once again, man, I'm not trying to make this a Turgeon bashing, but it's just amazing. One year of Kevin Willard the records he's breaking. Now, granted, you'll have a Turgeon defender come out and say, well, Kevin Willard has the worst loss and conference play under a coach. Okay, yes, we did get spanked at Michigan. It is what it is. But some of these, I mean, how hard is it to win four games in a row in the Big Ten? I mean, granted, we've had some great battles in the past six, seven years, but you're telling me there wasn't a time where we lined up with a Minnesota, Northwestern, Penn State, and Nebraska? Nebraska, I mean, there wasn't one time. So it's just – it's amazing to think Kevin Willard is the first Maryland coach to draw off 8-0, first Maryland coach in his first year to be ranked, and if he makes a tournament, he'd be the first Maryland coach in his first year to make the tournament. So we're thinking uh, we should be ranked uh, going into the uh, NCAA tournament because we already believe, I think, as a whole that uh, we're in the tournament. There's no more bubble talk unless we have a complete Yeah, I think if we win – Four of the next eight, we go 500. I still think we're in. Might be the last four in. Or barring a complete meltdown, we're in the tournament. And I know a lot of people want us ranked this week. We were talking about this before the show. We have to win against Michigan State and win at home against Penn State and then possibly be ranked. And even then, it's going to be tough. There's just so many good teams in front of us that are on the outside looking in. Don't get us wrong. And Ken Palm, we're now number 23 overall. So we're trending up. And I've said this all along. All I've asked for out of Maryland teams are to trend up as March comes on. If everybody remembers the past coach, when February struck, things started falling off. So, 
just hold tight and let's see what the season remains. Eight games. My goal, five and three. Tricky with your goal for eight games. I think five and three is the most conservative estimate that you've made on a Maryland team this year. Um, but I think I'd like to go a little further than that. I, th- I think uh, they should uh, go, f- what, six and two? Like Honestly, it. I only see two, t- two teams on the rest of our schedule that should give us a hard time. And even still, I think we have the horses right now. The way we're playing, six and two should not be out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I agree with uh, Chris there. Uh, conservatively, five and three. Um, obviously, you know, the max, let's go say seven and one, something like that. Let it eat. I just hope let's not peak too soon. But the the road games at the end, um, they are scary. But Ohio State right now is treading water badly, losers of three in a row. And, um, or I'm sorry, uh, three in a row. Yeah, three in a row. Well, possibly four. And, and losing to Michigan right now as, as we see. So, um, you know, one game at a time, that's that's what we have to do. And I'm comparing beards right now. Shane versus Tricky. Kevin Willard has entered the chat because he's not shaving until they lose. So, I wouldn't mind not losing another game to see what Kevin Willard's easy top looks like. Are you saying that uh, Shane nor I are allowed to clean our faces up until uh, Maryland loses a game? That's correct, sir. I like that because that's what hockey players do. And we are the number one hockey podcast on the Eastern Shore. Shane, give us an update on the old uh, NHL hockey all-star break. Oh, totally unprepared. But uh, so, yeah, the uh, hockey all-star break was, you know, kind of cool. They do skills competitions and uh, no doubt stealing the show was uh, Alexander Ovechkin's son, who I have no idea what his name is. Sergey. Sergey. There you yes, go. Sergei popular, Ovechkin. popular Russian name. Only the number one podcast on NHL hockey on the Eastern <laughs> Shore would know that, Shane. I, however, Shane, you unprepared in NHL hockey makes us prepared, so we're good. Exactly. So, do you know who won? Metro versus who was it? Metro versus. Uh, so they they did all four divisions played against each other in a semifinal format, and then they had a finals game. And no, I could not tell you who won. I know Alex Ovechkin got bounced in the first round. <sighs> The Metro got saving bounced. It. He's saving it. Yeah. yeah. So I have a question for the Turtleheads. Uh, who has the coolest skills competition? Is it watching NFL players drive golf balls? Is it watching uh, NHL players trying to uh, dunk another player in a dunk tank via slap shot? Or is it um, the NBA with their passing? Passing through a hoop? Right. Well, Luke Goldsboro would say something soccer-related, but the most athletic person or the most athletic sport is baseball, so I would say the best skill is the home run derby. Um, I like either the hockey and the you know the placement of the shot because that's still hard to do, or uh, how about not mentioned is kick-tack-toe of the NFL kicker. So we have calling guest, not really guest, Turtlehead himself, Mr. Dave White. Had a little family arrangement today, couldn't make it in the studio, but just in time for the college basketball power rankings. So Dave, since you're uh, just hopping in, why don't you give us the number one overall team? Well, even though they lost yesterday, I mean they lost on the road, I still got to give it to Purdue. I still think they're the best team in college basketball right now. All right, Shane, number two. Um, Yeah, I would go with Tennessee at number two. I'm going to take 
UCLA at number three. Chris? I think we already know where I'm going with this one. Uh, I, if, laid it, I laid it up for you. Yeah, there, no, I appreciate it. Assist to Jordan on this one, but uh, you know I support my Cougars, uh, <laughs> both on and off the court. So uh, I'm going to have to take Houston at uh, number four. And they're a great team, not not just because they're Cougars, but uh, they've been playing really good basketball. Go Cougs. Dave, five. Uh. I'm a little bit late on their bandwagon, but I'm going to go to jump on that Arizona bandwagon that they has been on for the last couple of weeks. But yeah, Wildcats number five. Six. Shane. Yeah, I'm glad you chose the Wildcats because I didn't want to see them fall anymore. Um, they had a uh, number six. Um, they've bounced back well after their loss to Oklahoma, two wins in a row in conference. Give me Alabama at number six. I like that pick. Uh, number seven. Shane was just talking them up, and I think that's a good spot for them. I didn't want them too high up, but they are rolling. But I told Shane the only part I have worry about them is their interim coach. I don't know if he's got the goods that made the run, but he's got the players. Give me Texas at seven. Chris, eight. All right, I'm going to go a little off the board here, but uh, they have been putting together some quality wins. Uh, Just beat Butler, uh, Marquette. I mean, Butler, Villanova, Villanova, Seton Hall, and DePaul. Actually, let's look at their last five games. They beat Providence, Seton Hall, DePaul, Villanova, and Butler. Give me uh, Marquette. Hot, hottest team in the land, Marquette. Number nine, Dave. Let me see here. This might not be very popular, but they beat Gonzaga last night. They cracked the top 16 last week or two weeks ago. I'm going to go with St. Mary's. I like it. Stole my pick again. Number 10, Shane. Um, I think they've fell long enough. Uh, they're obviously a good team at 16-3. and three. Uh, Tough loss on the road to Virginia Tech yesterday. Give me uh, Virginia Cavaliers at 10. At number 11, reigning national champions and a brutal Big 12 schedule, Kansas. 12, Tricky. Well, uh, if Kansas is there, then uh, what about K-State? Uh, I know they've had a couple of tough losses of late, but uh, they've got a great club, and uh, I can see them bouncing back uh, Tuesday when they play TC 15th-ranked TCU at home. Uh, give me K-State. 13, Dave. Well, I think they're the second best team in the best conference in the land, so I got to put Rutgers here at 13. 14, Shane. I'm just looking here to make sure we didn't skip over anybody. Of course, it's so tough here in the middle. There's a lot of good teams that are deserving that had some losses this week. Um, I'm going to. I'm going to keep it in the Big Ten. Uh, they lost to a very good Maryland basketball team, but they just beat the number one team in the country. So give me Indiana. Man, y'all are putting me in a hard spot here because we're reaching for these Big Ten teams. There's a good team in the Big East by Creighton. There's a good team in the Big 12, Baylor. West Virginia is hot. Don't look now. Once again, the Big 12 is just loaded. I think that's actually the best conference this year. Yeah, I agree. But if we're reaching, reach no further than number 23 in the Ken Palm rankings, your very own Maryland Terrapins. Hot, baby. They're hot. <laughs> As Tricky's shaking his head to me right now. 
I love it. I wish I was in studio. I really do. <laughs> Finish us off, tricky number 16. All right, here's a team that is more known for their football than their basketball, but uh, they did produce one Kawhi Leonard, and that's uh, those Aztecs of San Diego State. They had a tough loss uh, about a week or so ago, um, but uh, that was to uh, Nevada uh, on uh, January 31st, but since then, they beat uh, Boise State, and uh, they're currently ranked in the top 20, and uh, I'd like to move them up a little bit. Aztecs, final pick. Well, there's your top 16 power rankings. It looks like it's sponsored by Bluey, thanks to Dave's uh, twins. But just a quick, uh, everybody's uh, hating on the reach of Maryland. Maryland is number 23 in the Ken Palm. And, and the- no, I, I, hey, just to clarify, I wasn't hating. No, I no, yeah, no, 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 no. Trust me, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be you. I'm surprised they dropped that low for you too, Chris. I really am. We got to sneak up on them. But in the, in the net rankings, we are now number 28. So, Maryland, Dave, I know you missed our, our beginning talk of Maryland, but we are on a upswing right now. I can't hate it. Yeah, big game. Big game Tuesday night. I'm just surprised he left the Ravens out of the top 15. <laughs> yeah, what about UConn sitting at number six at Ken Palm? Didn't, didn't hit our top 16. I, I'm not sold on them, though. They're so they, hot. I'm not either. They've I mean, lost, there's, there's, there's they've a good reason a why they didn't make it. I was just I was just bringing it up. There's a good reason why they didn't make it, you know? Yeah, dude, I've seen them look really bad. Uh, so yeah, nah. they, they, they were struggling against Georgetown. I, I believe it was yesterday. I yeah, watched a little bit of yeah we were talking yeah, about they, that Georgetown earlier. almost beat them. I will say uh, a couple on mentions that didn't make it or at least I don't think we missed we missed them I think uh Gonzaga took that loss to St. Mary's last night in overtime and then the Big 12 is just brutal and I think we left out Baylor and Iowa State yep well I was ready to pull the trigger on Florida Atlantic this week they're sitting at 22 and 2 but they lost this week so I I couldn't pull the trigger on them but I was ready to throw them in the top 16 absolutely going to be a great march a lot of great teams out there always is so let's uh, let's move into our last four in, and I everybody at home, if you had the time, look up bracketmatrix.com. They're a longtime listener of the Turtleheads. Uh, they started this website that can make you see the top seeds and what their predictions are. So we'd like to thank our sponsors over at bracketmatrix.com for all your March Madness information. So they have their top four seeds right now. Uh, Purdue, Alabama, Kansas, Houston. So before we do our last four in, Dave, give us your top four seeds. All right, yeah, my, my four number ones, I have Purdue, number one, number one overall. I'm Like I said last week, I'm a Cougars fan myself, so I got to go with Houston, Tennessee, and then I got Arizona creeping up into the, getting a one seed. I like those four. Chris, give me your top four. I'd like to argue with Dave about that, but I can't. Uh, obviously, Purdue, they're not going to fall out of the uh, top spot unless they lose every game from here on out. Um, yeah, Houston is my second uh, number one overall. Uh, definitely got to have Arizona in there. Tennessee's – I mean, I'd like to put uh, somebody else in there, but there's nobody close Uh you know, we'll see what Texas does going down the um, the final stretch. But uh, I think Dave nailed it with uh, Purdue, Tennessee, uh, Arizona, and Houston. Um, maybe Bama. I mean, they're they're eleven and zero at home right now. I don't know, but yeah, I like Dave's picks. I'm going with him for this week anyway. Shane, uh, yeah, can't disagree with Purdue or Houston. They're the only teams with twenty wins right now in the country. Um, Arizona, 
and I think the winner of the SEC gets that fourth number one spot, Tennessee or Alabama. Right now it's Tennessee, so it looks like three for three on uh, you know, the same agreement. And I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I'm running with you all. I mean, I just think that's the top four teams right now. Maryland has a chance to make a run. No, I'm just kidding with you all. But, no, top four teams are definitely those four, and uh, there's not much to see. If you're missing college basketball right now, I know we had a group chat going the other day with a couple of my friends that saying college basketball doesn't do it for them. Now's the time to turn on because yesterday, I think me, Shane, Dave, we were talking. Yesterday was just a chock-full schedule of college basketball. It was great. From 12 o'clock all the way till midnight last night, you only get those days in March, but we were able to sneak one in yesterday in February. So let's do our last four in. Everybody gets one team to put in the last four in. As of right now, looking like um, the bracketmatrix.com, you're looking at Wisconsin, Kentucky, Nevada, Pittsburgh are your last four in right now. So with that said, um, I'll take a pick, and I'm going to go with Kentucky. I think they're going to sneak in here. They're starting to play a little better. Um, it's actually unexcusable to play in this bad, but Coach Cal does get them right. So, I'll take Kentucky as last four in. Uh, I'm going with uh, Memphis. Mm. Uh, they're on the bubble right now. They're 17-5, and five, but they, they play a, a tough schedule. Um, they're going to have to probably win out or at least go five of their last six, I believe, is what they got left on their schedule. But, uh, yeah, my last team in is going to be uh, Memphis. Shane. I am going to go in the Big 12. Uh, brutal conference, so a lot of losses back and forth beating each other up. But a uh, humongous win yesterday against TCU for Oklahoma State. Cowboys. I like it. Yeehaw. And, Dave, give us uh, give us your last of last four in. Yeah, I actually had Kentucky there. They won six or seven, but uh, I'm going to go with Texas A&M. Oh, another, another – well, I guess what are they in now? They're in SEC. SEC. Who, I can't keep up with teams anymore. But there's your last four in, and then let's go with first four out. Everybody pick one first four out. Um, I'm looking at it, so I guess since we're doing this all together, I can't pick any of the teams you all just picked. So You can. No, no. It's it's our picks, picks. Lee. Lee, they're our picks. But I'm going with Arizona State. Had a chance to get a win last night against Oregon. They failed to do so at home. So they're looking on the outside looking in. So Arizona State, tricky. Duke, I just don't want to see them in the tournament. I love it. They played lousy this year, and uh, they don't have Coach K anymore, so we don't have to pretend they're relevant even when they're not. So, um, yeah, Duke. I like out. It. Yeah, only on the turtle heads. We had them last four in list last week. Now they they win the game last four out. I love it. Great victory. That's right. Shane. Um, we were just watching them earlier, talking about how good they were playing, but – I don't know if they're going to have enough marquee wins on their schedule to get in. So I think come Selection Sunday, Seton Hall, their bubble will be popping. And Dave, finish this off. Yeah, I uh, I watched them yesterday a little bit, and they didn't look too good to me. I think the Florida Gators will be one of the last teams left out of the tournament. Well, there it is. There's your Power 16 college basketball, your top four seeds. Last four in and last four out. Um, get your brackets done accordingly. Just a reminder, coming up in the next couple weeks, we're actually going to have Eric Hayes on for a special March Madness listen, so make sure you tune in. 
a former Terp great. And we're also going to be doing live selection Sunday show with your turtle heads. We'll have guest stars Shane King in the house. We'll have Zach Hawk, Tricky, Dave, Lee. The studio will be packed. It's going to be a great time. So I hope everybody can tune in and listen to that episode and they can fill your brackets out because no one knows basketball like the Turtleheads. Before we get to today's interviews with Jonathan Lamoth and Travis Garrison, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Snowbiz Shaved Ice of Princess Anne, Maryland. Been in business for 28 years in Princess Anne, Maryland, serving up the best snow cones nationwide. Stop by this summer and get a cool-off treat because there's no biz like Snowbiz. Maryland has always found greatness in the city of Baltimore and the next Terp will keep that tradition alive as well. Jonathan Lamothe, a 6'4 guard from Baltimore and St. Francis Academy is a four-star recruit who's rated as the number three recruit in the state of Maryland. Rated as high as number 122 nationally, the combo guard chose Maryland over Georgetown, UCF, and Penn State, among others. He plays on Team Durant on the AAU circuit and led St. Francis to a 35-8 record last year and the number two ranking in the Baltimore Sun High School poll. He'll join current Terp Julian Reese, who also played for St. Francis, just like Baltimore. He's tough-nosed, he's gritty, and he's a leader. Jonathan will certainly make his mark in College Park as the newest member of the Fraternity of Greatness. All right, man, we are pleased to welcome on the podcast, Maryland recruit, Mr. Jonathan Namoth. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. So Jonathan's a 6'4 guard out of Baltimore. He goes to St. Francis Academy. He is a four-star. He's ranked number three in the state of Maryland, and he's ranked 122 nationally. He chose Maryland over Georgetown, UCF, and Penn State. Does all that sound right to you, Jonathan? Yes, sir. So let's talk about the recruiting trail. So why did you choose Maryland over those other schools? I chose Maryland because of the coaching staff and the feel that I got on every visit and every conversation I had with the coaching staff, not just Coach Stan, not just Coach Willow, but everybody. Um, I've really got a family feel. I've been going to games for a long time now. So just getting the environment back and getting Maryland back on track would would be a dream of mine. So just coming back and uh, just – Trying to earn my minutes and just bring something special to Maryland will be good for me. Now, I know you were at the game the other night. Uh, how far a drive is it from where you're staying to College Park? Um, it's about 50 from my house and like 45 minutes from school. So I got you. So um, I know your family likes that, don't they? Yes. Now, um, who was your lead recruiter at Maryland? Coach Skin. Okay, okay. Now, you know, with the new coaching staff and everything that's come in this past year, was uh, was the old coaching staff? Were they ever on you, talking to you? Did you ever get offered by the old coaching staff? Um, I got I got offered on um on the deadline of when they can start talking to us and stuff. They was they was in contact sometimes, but like with a lot of the coaching staff um changing and just a lot of stuff that was going on, I I really wasn't hearing from them that much. I was hearing from Coach Manning, but um not really Coach Terry's like that. I got you. So let's say hypothetically, let's say we didn't get a new coaching staff with a. Where would you probably would have found yourself going to play college next year? I was thinking UCF, Penn State. Penn State had a good coaching staff and stuff like that. Um, I was I was liking Georgetown. Um, Coach Ewan was at a lot of my games and stuff like that. Um, before Coach getting left Ohio State, that was another school that was – I got you. Uh, now, um, yeah. obviously, with all the 
excitement going around Maryland. They they started off eight and zero, then they kind of went into a little slump, but they've actually turned the ship around. They're they're playing great basketball right now. How exciting is that for you to see what you're walking into next year? Um, it's very exciting for me because one of the uh, main things Coach Wood talked to me about when he was recruiting me is the fast-paced offense and the defense. How they just want to get after it, and I really see it every game. Because um, even when the offense isn't flowing, they play defense full court. Um, they get out and run. Jamir is doing a great job. Um, that's somebody I've been looking after. Um, just like how you run a team, rebound, stuff like that. So just um, trying to get a feel of everything and just watching. So when I go there next year, I know what's um, going on. So do you do you find yourself being a more defensive player? Because I know on the season, I think you're averaging a triple-double this year, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So great. You're having a great senior season. But um, do, do you like playing defense like Coach Willard wants? Yes, I like uh, pressuring the ball, just speeding the other team up. I like how they switch 1-5, basically. Um, just switch around the court. They rebound, get it, and go. Um, so that's my style of play. So um, I feel like I'll fit in well. Um, just getting there, getting there ready to work. Yeah, I think you're going to fit in real good under this coaching staff. Now, look, we have a guy in here, Shane King. He's a co-host. He's got a couple questions for you. Yeah, okay. so uh, thank you again for taking the time to come on here with us. And uh, just had a kind of a two-part question here. Uh, what is your biggest strength to your game? And likewise, what is something that you feel like you need to work on before you come to the college level and play? Um, I feel like some of my strengths are um, just rebounding and setting the pace of the game, just like getting it out, getting my teammates involved, stuff like that. Um, I feel like I'm a pretty decent shooter. I can work on my consistency a little bit more. Um um, good passer. I can defend multiple positions, and um, yeah, just like run a team basically. Um, some things I can work on is just like um, just making sure I'm handling the ball correctly all the time. Like sometimes I can have like some force passes and stuff like that. So just um, watching out for my turnovers and stuff like that, and just keep defending and keep getting strong and stuff like that. So I can work on everything, but. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's that's great. That, you know, never never settle and always looking to get better. And you mentioned, uh, right. you know, protecting the ball and the turnovers. That's been uh, mm -hmm. a big difference for Maryland the last four or five games that we've won and been hot. Uh, turnovers yeah. have have been under ten every game, and that's that's huge. Yes. Now, Jonathan, um, in high school, of course, you know you. You're you're six four. You you might see competition not as big as you, and of course college you'll be centered by the same size as you. But in high school you're kind of doing everything for the team. Where do you see yourself playing? What position for Maryland? Um, one through three. Mm -hmm. Um, I I feel like you know I can like bring the ball, set the offense up, but also um score and just like I feel like it's not no real positions um in the offense except like Jameer, like he's the main point guard. But like two three like Don. Uh, Hakeem, they, they play like all around, um, so they all just switch off and stuff like that. So I feel like it's just going to be like uh, one of the wing positions. Yeah, so like I, I know you've probably heard the rumors. There's rumors that Jameer might actually take his COVID year and come back next year, which, I mean, I just couldn't imagine with you, Jamie, and DHS coming in with this already playing great uh, uh, bench players and Jameer, what the, the sky's mm -hmm. the limit for Maryland next year. Yes, and I think that will be a good opportunity if he does stay just to learn from him. Um, we got a few young guys, so just learning from him um, and being able to um, just take some tips from him and 
um, to help us win games and stuff like that going forward. So, uh, John, if you're good with this, we've got some rapid-fire questions for you. You good with that? Yes. <clears throat> All right. So our first rapid-fire question is, what is your favorite fast food joint? Um, I'd say Chick-fil-A. That's right. Good choice. Now, who is your favorite Terp of all time? I like uh, I like Mellow Tremble. I like uh, Darren Marcel, um, Six. Um, now, you got to pick one. <laughs> pick one, Mellow Tremble. That's a good pick right there. Now, um, here's a question for you. No sauce, just fries. Which restaurant has the best fries with no sauce? Mm. Ah. Uh, I think you got to go McDonald's. That's right. You can eat them plain. I agree 100% because in Chick-fil-A fries, right. man, you got to have that Chick-fil-A sauce, right? Right. <laughs> All right. And who do you got winning the Super Bowl? Eagles, for sure. Now, who's your football team? Eagles. Who, who's your football Baltimore. team? That's right. Ravens. Man, you're gonna yeah. fit. You're gonna fit right in. Now, look, you know, Jamie said he likes the Steelers, so I'm hoping you set him straight the next couple of years, right? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have a few to beat about that one. Well, look, Jonathan, we appreciate you coming on today, man. We uh, we we're excited to see you play in College Park. We're excited. We're excited. Kevin Willard found you, and we wish you nothing but the best luck next year. And hopefully, we can get you on again next year. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me. Oh, another one. I tell you, Garrison really playing well early. He's been the unsung hero here early in his game. He's got a special bounce. He has seven points in Maryland off to a sensational start. They have nine points in transition. They have always been at their best in a running game. We'd like to now welcome on Mr. Travis Garrison, former McDonald's All-American, DeMatha graduate, and, of course, Maryland basketball alumni, 2004 ACC champion. Travis, thank you for coming on, brother. Man, thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Man, Travis, first off, let me just say, you know, when I was uh, growing up, that 02 team was, of course, my, my team that everybody remembers, but it was that 04 team, man. What a magical run you all had in March on that ACC tournament weekend. Besides the 2002 National Championship run, that was by far one of my greatest memories as a Maryland fan, seeing that team make that run in the ACC tournament. And I appreciate that, man. That's one of my greatest memories as well. <laughs> yep, yep. So, first off, let's let's start off with you, Travis. So, you're a DeMatha graduate, right? Yes, yes. Came so, out, uh, graduated O two. And, of course, you had one of the most legendary coaches, not just in college but in high school, Mr. Morgan Wooten. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Great guy. Great coach, but even better guy. So, You've had you're one of the few people that have been coached by two Hall of Famers in your career. Tell us the tell us a little bit about um, Mr. Wooten, and then of course a little bit about Gary. Tell us tell us a couple stories about him if you don't mind. Uh, I don't mind at all. Um, first, I have to say is believe it or not, they are very similar in the sense of you know Coach Wooten and, and Coach Williams. They're similar in the sense of um, being able to um, get you fired up. So they have two different ways of doing it. Coach Williams, you're going to see it. And I'm pretty sure you guys have seen it a lot in regards to on the, uh, watching him on the sidelines, sweating and screaming and yelling at everybody. A lot of times he's not yelling at the guys on the court. He's yelling at the guys on the bench about the guys on the court. <laughs> so a lot of times if you sit on the bench, he turns around to you, he's yelling at you. you ha it has nothing to do with you on the bench. It's about the guys on the court. So... Um, that was always something, but he knew how to get his players to play, and he was so passionate about um, the way he coached and things like that, and that was the way he did it. 
Now, Coach Wooten, you know, if you see him, if you watch Tim coach, he was more like laid back on the sideline, didn't really say too much. But when he spoke and how he spoke and the things he said, so he used his words. And his words is just as the same as Coach uh, Williams yelling at you. So he could be very sarcastic and he's very good with his words. So some, so one time, for example, <laughs> we were, uh, I think we just lost to O'Connell. You know, his son Joe Wood was, was coaching there at the time and we lost to them. And we had film session the next day and we watching film and he is just slicing us up. I'm talking about like so bad. I'm talking about like he's just breaking down everybody. Like I'm included, he's throwing me, like he's just saying, the things he's saying to us, we walked out of that film session and we literally, I'm talking like, you know, we had Elijah Brooks. He's now one of the coaches at, um, at, at Maryland on a football, on a, on a football team. But like, we all looked out at each other and said like, question, do we want to keep playing basketball? <laughs> like, that's how much he was like into us, but he didn't yell. It was all his words and the things that he was saying. And, you know, um, you know, he was talking about guys doing too much talking. If they wanted to talk that much, they should join the debate team. And, you know, maybe you guys should just, you know, basketball is not your thing. Maybe you guys should be musicians or something. Like, it was it was brutal, but he got his point across, and that, I think that was the last game he lost that season. <laughs> um, but, but at the same time, just two great coaches. And, you know, um, I am, you know, when you said that, sometimes – as players, we move on and we and life kind of moves fast and we don't really reflect on our past careers that much. But sometimes just one moment or moments at a time, um, we have moments where we can, you know, speak about, you know, good games or, you know, the coaches. And I'm, I'm very blessed and grateful to be, to have been coached by, you know, two Hall of Famers. Absolutely. And, you know, you were talking about how Gary will light you up on the sideline. Now we asked Andre, or who did we ask? Who did we ask last week? Um, Andre, we asked Andre about the last second shot uh, with uh, with Drew Nicholas against UNC Wilmington in the uh, 2003, your freshman year. Mm-hmm. All right. So at the end, we watched it actually this week again. At the end of the game, Drew hits the shot, runs off. Everybody's running after him, and uh, Gary just goes off. And we don't know who is going <laughs> off on. Do you do you know that answer? Because nobody seems to know the answer. I don't really know the answer myself. We still so fired up that Drew hit. <laughs> we were so fired, up, but I think he was more so because he knew it was like a second on the clock or so. Anything could happen, or they could have caught it. So he was more so yelling. At, I think I can't remember that that well, but I think he was yelling at us like, "Get our butts back to the bench before like something like, get a tech or like something happens that makes us lose the game." Because that's that was like the first game of the of the tournament. Like it had been like very disappointing for us to lose to that team, being as though they just won a national championship the year before. So I think he was just like already on edge anyway, and that was just like he just didn't want anything to happen. I believe, as I can recall. Well, they um, let's talk about that class you came in with. It was you, Gilchrist. Give me the rest of the players. Who else came in with you? Nick Caner Medley. Can me? It was me, John, Nick. Chris McCray, Jamar, uh, Jamar Smith. Yeah, and that Jamar was, was from Juco, Smith. right? Yes, he was a Juco transfer, but that was uh, that was our class that came up us five. But yeah. just like I said, I, I was in that I was in that thirteen to seventeen range uh, age range when you all came through, and of course, you know every kid growing up in Maryland says they're going to play for Gary Williams back then. But uh, I was nowhere near the talent to ever even sniff the floor. I was lucky to get a seat at a game, but <laughs> but I mean, what just great memories, man! And let, let's let's dive into that two thousand four ACC tournament run. I mean, first off, let's start off with 
you shouldn't have escaped the first game, right? Versus Wake Forest, number 15 in the country, Chris Paul just doing his thing, and you all just battled the whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it was more – I was just telling – I just spoke to a girls' team the other day, and I kind of gave a guy, one of the coaches for, for the boys' team, asking about that run. And I said, you know, going in, we were on the bubble. We were a young team. That season, we were up and down. Like, we had good games and we had bad games. It was like a roller coaster. Like, we pretty much – Gave a lot of the fans, I'm pretty sure, high blood pressure that year. Because literally, we'd win some games and then we'd come back and lose. And then we'd come back win. And it was literally a roller coaster. And going into, I think we played NC State at their place. And I think we had to win their games to even have a chance, um, to, you know, to be on a bubble. And I think we beat NC State. And then, so going into the tournament, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, um, it was just like, you know, you know, people were saying that. We had to win at least one game and we might have a chance. So our thing was, you know, everybody was counting us out anyway. So the, our thing was, you know, um, it's just us in this locker room because, you know, people, you know, they love you one minute, they hate you next, or they leave you one minute, then they don't. So we said, forget everybody else. It's only us in this, in this locker room that matters. So let's just focus on us and let's go out there and pretty much ha- coaches just like, let's have fun and let's just do what we came to do. And that's how, that's that was our mentality. You know, we were like, you know, let's just go out here and hoop. That was our thing. Um, I believe that weekend, we didn't even run a flex at all. I think it was like we ran more four-hour one-in, which was very rare. Like, Coach Williams never did that. And the game against Wake Forest, um, like you said, we was battling back and forth, um, but we didn't give up. You know, obviously, John was just on something totally different that, that, that weekend, but uh, we just uh, pulled that game off by the skin of our teeth against Chris Paul's Wake Forest. Yeah, you win 87 to 86. And, I mean, not only Chris Paul, just remember that Wake Forest team. You had Justin Gray and Eric Williams, just a body yeah, down yeah. low. Exactly. They, they, was, they was loaded. They was loaded. I mean, you talk about loaded. Just talk about the ACC in a hole in 2004. I mean, the final standings, you had Duke at 6, NC State 15, Wake Forest 17, Georgia Tech 14, North Carolina 18, you all finished 19. I mean, just unbelievable what this and of course you're one of the few people that can talk about it you were part of the old acc and this is what everybody talks about oh maryland went to the big 10 this that and the other it's not the same no acc stopped being the same in 2004 when they brought on uh boston college miami and virginia mm-hmm. tech that's when things started mm-hmm. to change i mean like you said it was round robin play everybody twice and like i said at least you yeah. got one year of that and i mean what what a time acc basketball was then yeah absolutely absolutely and then like even at that weekend that you were talking about you know, the next game we play NC State. Yep. <laughs> play NC State. I'm talking literally. I think it was like within 12 hours or something crazy. Like we had to wake up and like we played them at I think noon. Yeah, I think or you, one o'clock, you, I think? you had like the nine o'clock tip at first Wake Forest, which everybody <laughs> yeah. knows that didn't turn until about 9:45 tip after everything exactly. went by. And then like you mm-hmm. said, you turn around and had to play noon. I mean, there's a lot of Maryland fans that say the ACC didn't treat us right. There's a little bit of proof for you right there. Exactly. So we, we come out and we, I guess we're sluggish or whatever you want to call it. I don't know what it was. I mean, NC State was solid. They were a really good team too, that Julius Hodge and those guys. So, you know, we go and we're losing by like 20. I actually just got finished watching some of the highlights of the ACC tournament that year, but um, we're down by 20. And now this is me talking to fans now at, when I go to tailgates and they tell me the story of what happened from their perspective. So, we're down 20. They're like, well, they had their run. So now everybody's leaving the arena at halftime or by halftime or whatever. They were leaving the arena. They think we're done. 
now as they're walking out, people are telling them like, you guys, they're coming back. Like they're they're making a run. Now all these people running back into the arena <laughs> to watch the game. Now from our perspective, John just came out super hot. Our thing was give John the ball. Give John the ball. Like <laughs> and he literally started the half off and just went crazy. And then um we made our run, end up coming back and, and winning that game. And it was just it was just it was crazy. And I think people was like this at that point was like, you know, they're in, like they should be a lock in to the tournament. But now in our minds, we were like, man, shoot, like we're we're hooping right now, nobody can beat us. And we wanted Duke. You know, obviously, you know, always always Merlin and Duke is that type of rivalry. <clears throat> and you know, they were loaded like with Sheldon and JJ and Luau Ding and Duhan and Ewan. I mean, they had a, a, a team and um so our thing was like we ain't we're not scared of them and I'm pretty sure the odds are against us, but whatever. We're gonna come out here, we're gonna hoop. And um, I mean, it just continued on, and we ended up winning that game, obviously, in overtime. And it was just like, man, and you know, it's like you said, we're not in the ACC tournament, no, we're not in the ACC, uh, in the ACC anymore. And they always said that that weekend was like one of the best, if not the best weekend in, in ACC tournament history. And we're not in the ACC no more, so it's like, I mean, technically, we made history, you know what I mean? So it was, I mean, man, we just, you know, like I said, that was one of the, the fewest college moments I talk about, you know, to everybody. And you know, as you know, the purists, the Dukes, the Carolina fans, they all say, you know, you left this, that, and the other. But you know, there's a lot of Maryland history that's marked all over the ACC. You know, from from Steve Blake's assist records to to you know uh, the the greatest game ever played, uh, quote unquote, back in the 70s was mm-hmm. Maryland versus NC State, and then just thing after thing. I mean, let's talk about the Maryland Duke rivalry. So there's plenty of Duke fans that say, oh, that's not a rivalry anymore. Never was this, that, and the other. If we weren't if we weren't a rivalry, why how, how come when you went to Cameron that year in two thousand four they're chanting not our rivals? You know, uh Northwestern has never walked into Maryland and we've never chanted you're not our rivals because we don't right. see them as our rivals. So right. I think I think the Duke fans are just bitter. I mean, what what a crazy Maryland Duke run from about ninety nine on to like two thousand and ten. Just it was craziness is what it was. Absolutely. I mean I mean technically I think if I look at the record when I played there our years, I think we may have more wins against Duke than they had against us. If I'm not mistaken, I got to go back and look. But I think we were either even or we had their number a number of times. And I mean, what a, what a great time college basketball was back then. You played in a great time. I mean, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I tell guys we talk about it a lot, man. Like ACC, it was it was nothing like it. You know, the competition. Anybody can we can go out and beat Duke one day and come back and lose to Clemson. Yep. <laughs> like it was like things like that were, were actually happening, you know, and that did happen a couple of years. Uh, we played, we really beat Duke and then come back and lose to Clemson. But like, a, that's just, I'm not saying anything bad about Clemson, but that's how good ACC was. Any given night, a team would come out and beat you, you know, because they all were good. Yep. Yep. Now, look, I got Chris here. Chris, you got something for Travis? Yes. While we're talking about uh, Maryland's time in the ACC, maybe it's just because I've been. Uh, Maryland fan ever since I was born I'm a little older than uh Jordan and Shane so I'm, I remember Walt Williams and uh Ooh. I was just coming along around when uh Lefty was leaving but anyway oh, wow. uh, it seems like there was always a paranoia that uh Maryland was never getting the fair treatment I mean I know every team thinks that the refs are cheating them but it just seemed like Maryland always had an uphill climb in the ACC 
it'd come to tournament time and we'd have to play uh, out west in Arizona or somewhere. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. Duke was within walking distance of their campus. Mm -hmm. you know, they'd have them mm -hmm. playing in Charlotte or something. And uh, now that Maryland's in the um, Big Ten, I still feel the same way. Like maybe we're not getting the calls because we're kind of the newcomers and we haven't earned our stripes in the Big Ten yet. Mm -hmm. um, did Gary ever really push that? I'm sure he did. Did he kind of instill some of that paranoia that Maryland was always going to be the underdog and wasn't going to get the fair shake from the refs? Did he play that up in the locker room? Um, yeah, no, um, I don't know, but I think I think he always knew that he had, like he had to fight harder than anybody else. Had to put in a and little extra why, because K, he, Coach K and, and Roy Williams or Dean Smith or whoever is going to get the benefit of the doubt while we may not, right? Exactly, and 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 you could. That's why he was so. You see him on the sidelines. You see him when he comes out. He's pumped up. He's hyped because he knows that he's not just playing against this team in front of us. He's playing against a lot of different things. You know, it could be things. It's just he knew he was up against a lot, and he carried that weight a lot. A lot of stuff that you know we probably didn't know about that he had to carry for us as a team, just because you know maybe because of his personality or you know people didn't like him or whatever it was, but he carried that. And that's he always showed that passion behind him when he comes like pumps his fist, or you know, because he's just as hype in the locker room. You know, he's that's he's a pa very passionate guy. You know, like you said, probably didn't get his just due, and that's why he always had to fight himself. So when he wins and wins something big, or win a national championship, or win a championship, or win these big games, he's that more and more excited because he knew he had to put the extra effort in, the extra fight in. You know, it was bigger than the game. So he, he had already worked that sweat up before he ever got out to the court, even raised the oh. fist. You're saying he was just intense on the other side he, of the wall as he was out on the court. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, he is a former player, you know, played, you know, he played at Maryland and just, you know, had that fight. And like I said, just think about what he had to come get through when he first got there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so it's just, you know, when you, it's basically like when you was an underdog and he had to fight for so hard to be, you know, when you come out, you don't want you want your team to understand what's going on and what's happening. And we, like I said, we just came in right right after they won the national championship. So he knew how hard it was to get to even to that point after all the years he's been there. So it was just like you know, we came in, we didn't really understand the magnitude or what was actually what was actually happened. So you know, you know, we wasn't there, we saw, but we wasn't actually in those locker rooms and in those games or in those practices and things like that. So. You know, it was a lot of things we had to learn as newcomers coming in. But, you know, it was always, you know, the older guys were always telling us as well, you know, Drew Nicholas and Steve Blakes and those guys, man. So, you know. Uh, Travis, uh, this is Shane here. Um, we've talked a lot about the uh, 04 ACC tournament run. Is there another moment in your college career that stands out maybe on a pedestal or a single game or a play or something that uh, you want to just uh, tell everybody about that you really remember? Um, I mean, anytime we played Duke, you know, that was always, if we beat them, that was always uh, big for us just because of, you know, just that, that animosity towards them. Um, also, when we played in Florida, when they were number one, our sophomore, that was our sophomore year too. <laughs> played in uh, Florida when they were number one there. Um, the loudest arena I ever played in. We couldn't even, and I think Coach may have told us that, but like literally, like, like, for example, I remember DJ calling out a play, but we could not hear anything he's saying out of his mouth. So we literally had to use hand movements, hand, like, use our hands to, like, call out plays or whatever because the fans were just that loud. The arena was just that loud, and we couldn't hear anything. But um, we ended up beating them there 
um, uh, when they were number one. I didn't have a score. That struggled so bad that game offensively, you know, um, and I ended up hitting the shot that, you know, pretty much wins, wins that game. That's probably like another moment that, you know, was probably one of my favorite um, besides the ACC championship was that game because you know, they were number one um, that year. So, so we've talked about your college career real quick on your high school. So, you put, like we said, we put you played at Dematha, but here's the question: What schools was it down to before you chose Maryland? Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I do. I remember my five man. It was um, Georgia Tech was up there. That's funny because Jared Jack, we were just talking not that long ago. He was like, "Man, you should have came there, man. It'd have been perfect. You come down in the middle of the floor, the top of the key, hit that shot. We had Chris Bosh in the post. Um, we had that Michigan, and you know what's so funny about the Michigan um, team." So before, when we did the ABCD camp, Daniel Horton and Chris Bosch was recruiting me to go to Michigan. They were trying to get me to go to Michigan. So um, Horton ends up going, but Chris Bosch ended up going to Georgia Tech. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they tried to recruit me to go to Michigan at the time. Um, we had um, Georgia, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Um, of course, we had, I think I had Charlotte down there. And it might have been Miami, I believe, because – uh, the coach at the time, he was a Damascus guy as well. So yeah, that was that. That was the schools. Yeah. So as any Maryland fan should know, that Damascus to Maryland pipeline was kind of broken for a while, and still it's it's trying to be repaired by the new coaching staff. I mean, you got you got Jameer Young there now, but you know he, he's yeah. the first Damascus student since you to go there. So what was it like? Did uh, I mean? Did they not want you to go to Maryland? Was was Gary just was all over you? Like to tell us about how how you chose Maryland. Um, I mean, I, 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 I liked Maryland. I always liked Maryland. I liked Terrence Morris. I was a big Terrence Morris fan. Um, I liked the way he played. I thought our games were kind of similar, um, in the way he shot the ball and, you know, you know, the, his face up game. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's being home. So it kind of came down to my mom being able to go to the games. Cause even out Michigan, the drive was going to be super long for her to get to the games. And she really wanted to attend the games. And, um, and my family's here. And then, like I said, just seeing what Terrence was doing there and he was leaving and I thought I had an opportunity to kind of come in and do what he did. Um, so that was pretty much like kind of like my decision to choose Merlin um, was because of that. Terrence Morris is a big reason. Now, when we talked to Andre um, and like we have, we have Eric Hayes lined up here in a couple of weeks, Dino Gregory, we have some good guys lined up. One thing we want to, we want to ask everybody, all the former players. So, for the past coaching staff, you know, there was kind of a rumor or there's kind of tents uh, uh, around the former players and active players, this, that, and the other. And it's ever since Kevin Willard's, Kevin Willard has taken over, it's kind of like the prodigal son. He's welcoming all the guys home. He's keep getting them mm -hmm. out to games, all that. Have you have you mm -hmm. noticed a big difference since Kevin's taken over? Yeah, absolutely. I, I spoke to Kevin, uh, Coach Willard, a number of times, and he's always been like open arms. Like, oh, man, come back anytime. Anything you need from us. Um, he's just been like I did a podcast with um I did a radio show with uh, Johnny Holiday and him is his coaching show and the same thing like he's just been like super helpful supportive and like man whatever he can do to help like he's big that's his thing you know, he talked when he spoke that was his thing he said my biggest thing was to uh, get the guys to come back and and come back home because we want them there so he always try to um come out and, and help us and, and do those things. And let me say real quick, so you asked me the question, I didn't answer it, in regards to the Damatha to Merlin. 
People, Mike Jones, Coach Mike Jones, that, that was the coach at the match at the time, was catching a lot of heat because they told us though that he, because of how things turned out for me at Maryland, that he didn't want the players to go there. That is not true at all. Him and I has, have never had a conversation about, like, anything that happened at Maryland or, you know, just even him saying, you know, he's not going to send the players there. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, and I think Hunter Dickinson at the time, mentioned it in regards to he just they wasn't really recruiting that hard or showing a lot of love so um i think that has something to do with it but it's funny because a lot of the learning people come to me now and say are we gonna get more domestic players i'm like i don't know i mean you guys gotta recruit or you guys i don't it's up to the coaches i'm not a recruiter you know if anybody asks my opinion i'll tell them in regards to you know i thought i had a good time in maryland i think coach Wheeler is amazing um i had a good experience up there so i never like push people away from not going to Maryland. So that was always been like the thing, like, oh, since Travis, you know, whatever happened there, you're not going to send no more Damascus players there. Um, and that's just not true at all. So I just wanted to clear that up real quick. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and another thing is, I, I don't think people realize the whole Hunter thing. You know, he's been on podcasts, talking about his recruitment and all that. One thing we have noticed since we've been doing our podcast and talking to new recruits, old players, it's just the old, the old coaching staff sometimes just went cold on some of these players. But – I can tell you without a doubt, if there's a player in Maryland, in the state of Maryland, DMV, that's good, Kevin Willard's going to find you because he's he absolutely. is he is determined to keep everybody in house. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, he definitely said that. So you know, whatever I can do to help those guys, I told him I, I got him, and he has a good, a good coaching staff. A lot of guys that you know, Tony Skin, um, another coach that's there, um, that's from the area, that's been around the area. I know both of the assistants, so they've they've been heavy in the DMV area, so. I think the future is going to be very bright for him, Ronnie. I agree 100%. So, Travis, what we're going to do now is we're going to do some rapid-fire questions. Do you good with that? Yes, sir. All right, I'm going to start off here. Now, you never played with Juan Dixon, but you watched him the year before win a national title. Mm-hmm. You, you saw what he did in those six games in the tournament. Him and Lonnie had a great run. But you played with John Kilcrest on his amazing 2004 ACC championship run. So, you have one shot. Let's take it back. Let's do one game. You have one game you got to win. <laughs> You taking John or you taking Juan? <laughs> um, no wrong answers, man. Travis. No wrong answers. I, I gotta stick with my teammate. Man. There you I, go. I gotta stick with John Gilchrist. I gotta stick with John Gilchrist. I got news for you. If John could have played like that every game for that, I know it's almost impossible because the tear he was on, he'd be looking at number one overall pick, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, hey, absolutely. I, I thought we thought he was leaving that year. Honestly, we all did. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, who do you have winning the Super Bowl? Oh, man, um, I got, I got a KC, Kansas. Yep, I agree. I, I think you're Kansas. the first person I've heard say that. To be yeah. honest, really, I think they probably don't want them to win. Yeah, you know, we probably want Philly, which I understand that. But I mean, if I'm betting money, I'm, I'm I gotta go with <laughs> you know Mahomes. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yes, Travis. Um, what former uh, teammates from Maryland do you still keep in regular contact with, if any? Um, I just saw Nick. Nick was just in town. Um, Chris McCray, obviously, is like one of my best friends. Um, we try to stay in close contact. Jamar Smith, Andre Collins. We actually have a group chat with those guys, all of us in it. Um, so pretty much a lot of the guys I play with, like Ken A, James Giff, we all pretty much keep in contact. Very good. Will Stoglin, yeah. Oh, Stoglin, you still t- you stay in touch with yeah. him, huh? Yeah. yeah that's, that's my little brother, man. We always, he always, he always sending me messages. We, send, we talk very often. You know, encouraging one, one another, so we talk a lot. Man, that guy, that guy was a bucket, man. 
Yes, it still is, too. <laughs> now, uh, here, here's one for you. No sauce, just fries. Who has the best fries? The best fries? Uh, shoot. Uh, checkers. Checkers. Oh, man. We only got one of them down here. I ain't been to Checkers in forever. <laughs> All right. And then, my and then the last question for you. How far are the Terps going to go this March? Oh, man. Honestly, as far as they, they want to go, man, I, I believe that. I mean, I just know how tournament goes. And, you know, um, I think they they, got, they have a chance to go far if they continue to just stay focused and just go after it. And I think they home they had a, a great coach. Um, I think it's, it's on them. That's what I believe. Well, Travis, man, you are like, I've never filled out a bracket with Maryland in it that I haven't had them win it at all. <laughs> <laughs> so so before we let you go, Travis, tell us what you got going on. Um, I have a nonprofit called Think First Global. Um, basically what I'm doing is I'm teaching, I'm using a game of basketball to teach critical life skills to kids. Um, we t we uh, working with kids 6 to 12. So we basically are doing free basketball workshops we're basically teaching the fundamentals of basketball and we are basically doing like a parallel line for life. How, you, how these kids can use the same skills on the basketball court as tools in life. Um, basically like, so when we've done the drills, like for example, rebound and, you know, we, we work with the kids on that, but we also show them how the same can apply in life. You know, you make a mistake. It's like about bouncing back, rebound and, not, you know, coming back and um, bouncing back from adversity. Um, uh, basically teaching kids confidence, you know, taking your shot, being confident in your shot. You know, when you take your shot, you have to be confident in order for it to go in. Same thing when you're trying to reach and go for your goals and your dreams in life. Um, you have to be confident in it, but that takes practice and takes repetition and doing things over and over again. And just teaching kids how, you know, to think first and, and think about how your choices and decisions can affect uh, not just you, but it can affect those around you and also can affect, you know, possibly your future as well. And tell us where where can we find Think First Global? Um, my, the website is www.thinkfirstglobal.org, and um, we doing we have a, a spring break camp coming up. We just partnered with PG Parks. We're doing a free a spring break camp, and we also doing an eight week program. We partner with the, the city of District Heights here in Maryland, um, and we have a number of other possible partnerships and collaborations going on in Africa. Uh, and there's some more places here in, in the U.S. as well. So I'm very excited about that. Well, Travis, um, once again, thank you for coming on. And if you all want to follow Travis and his career path, follow him at Travis underscore Garrison 4 on Instagram. He keeps everybody in the date what's going on. Travis, once again, thank you, man, for coming on. And as always, go Terps. Man, thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate you guys. Those interviews were brought to you once again by Snowbiz Shaved Ice. You heard the future Terp, Jonathan Lamoth. And then you heard the past Terp, McDonald's All-American, 2004 ACC champion, Travis Garrison. I like turtles. Tricky. Since we're the number one podcast for soccer, hockey, triathlon, tennis. decathlon, tennis, UMS basketball, how about MMA, Tricky? You got any news for us? Yes. Uh, last night, Bellator MMA had a heavyweight championship fight between uh, reigning champion Ryan Darth Bader. Uh, versus uh, Fedor Emelianenko, and it was Fedor, known as the Last Emperor. It was his final fight of his career. When it was over, he actually took the gloves off and laid them in the middle of the blood-soaked ring and said that he was done. But uh, it was very emotional. They had a lot of former fighters there, Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture, 
um, as well as many others there to honor Fedor, who went out in the first round via technical knockout. It didn't take long for uh, Bader to get him on the ground and uh, beat him in and about the head until they had to uh, shut it down in the first round. But uh, a long, honorable career for Fedor is now over, and uh, Darth Bader retains his title as Bellator MMA's heavyweight champion. know the Super Bowl is coming up we will not be having a show next week because of the Super Bowl everybody enjoy their time with their friends and family uh, go Ravens just creeping into the top power rankings tricky but what we're gonna do for y'all is we're gonna help you win some money because nobody does it like the turtle heads so we're gonna do some Super Bowl props but before we get involved in that let's everybody take a turn Shane who do you have you have Kansas City versus Philadelphia Eagles minus one and a half Philadelphia over under 50 and a half. What do you have? Talk to me. Um, I'm going to take the Eagles on the minus one and a half. I think the Eagles win. The over under, I think it's going to be under. Mm. I think the defense of Philadelphia is going to be too much for the Eagle or for the uh, Chiefs to handle. Chris. Yeah, what was that? 54 and a half? Was 50, that 50 and a half. 50 and, oh, and a half. 50 and a half. Mm, I'd like a little extra meat on that bone if I were going to take the under, but uh, I will agree with Shane on the Eagles' money line. Um, I, I'd have them winning outright, uh, but if it's 50 and a half, that means, yeah, I'm going to have to go with the over on that one, uh, but it's going to be close. They, they know what they're doing in Vegas when they set these lines, um, so it's going to be really close to that number. It's interesting to see how that turns out, but I'll have to take the over on that one. Dave. Yeah, I got the Chiefs, eighty-nine to two. Hail to the Redskins. Hit the over. I'm going Kansas City plus one and a half, and of course the over club hitting the over. Let's move on to our props. Let's start off with the national anthem. Over under two minutes and five seconds. Shane. Oh, definitely got to be over. Tricky. Oh, taking the under. No, Chris Stapleton, I know he likes to sing it uh, sad and slow, but uh, no, I'm taking the under in this one. He's going to surprise you. Dave. Tricky sold me. Under. I'm going to stick with Shane. Over. I think we're going to have a couple drawn-out notes, and we're going to take that over. I'm going with uh, 210. 210, anybody? A little side bet. Um, coin flip. Heads or tails, Shane? Oh, what's the old mantra and the saying? Tails never fails. Let's go. Tricky? I can't agree with everything Shane says because that doesn't make interesting podcasting. So uh, I'm going to take the uh, unpopular choice. We all know that because there's more uh, of the actual coin on the head side that makes it want to go tails because <laughs> all that extra weight. But uh, 
No, this is out there in Arizona with that uh, that dry heat. So yeah, yeah I, I didn't consider yeah, you, you the heat. You got the yeah. yeah, you got you got to consider atmospheric conditions. So uh, give me heads on that one, just because of the uh, weather or lack thereof. Dave, I know he had to say yeah. on that. Yeah, well, he did, but I, I mean, I'm old school. Tails never fails. Let's get it. I, I'm tails never fails, but how can you go against that? What Tricky just brought to the table, heads, baby. Yeah, Let's roll yeah, with I'm it. Just, you know, I, I've lived my whole life with tails never fails. I can't confuse myself now, at this point in my life. So yeah, tails never fails. Well, let's move on to one of DraftKings' greatest props. Will there be an octopus appearance in the Super Bowl? Not just Super Bowl, but commercials too. Octopus, yes or no? Tricky. No. No, Shane, you're really going to take the no on that? Uh, plus 1,400. I'm saying yes. <laughs> Give me the money all day long. Dave? Yeah, isn't it like the year of the octopus right now? Yeah. Oh, so tricky. I've done set you I, up. I had I'm no idea you. it was the year of the octopus. <laughs> I, yeah, just, well, I, I just released I, I, the Kraken, don't, for goodness don't, sakes. Don't, hey, don't, don't fact check me on that. I, <laughs> I made that up. <laughs> I'm going with no octopus. No octopus. That's too easy. Too easy. So let's move on to Gatorade color. Give me a color, Chris. Well, orange is the favorite, uh, but I'm going. Uh, there is an option for none of those. It's just going to be plain water. I'm going with water, no color at all. Clear. Shane. Um, yeah, I mean, Tricky makes a great point there, but um, I'm actually looking at. Uh, some color choices here on DraftKings, and uh, I like the way blue's sticking out there. Plus four hundred, give me blue. See Shane in the Monk household, we're not allowed to do anything blue because that's Duke color. That's, Eli would not pick yeah. blue. Uh, Dave, give me your color. Yeah, it's the old school yellow lemon lime uh, selection. Was that an option, Shane? I uh, just pulled oh, off. Oh, absolutely. Of the, yeah, that, I know. Yeah, it, blue, I know it's purple. on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's the best flavor out there, so I've got to go with that. That's facts right there. But I'm going with the best color because it is the best team in NFL football. Purple. I'm going with purple. That, that was plus 750 yes, on sir. purple. Yes, sir. Double down. Any more props you all want to go over? Do you want to do over-under yardage? How about uh, let's pick a Super Bowl MVP? Hit me with it, Shane. Jalen Hurts. Chris. Miles Sanders. Great choice. Dave. I need you to hit me with a. Patrick Mahomes voice right now, Jordan. Uh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes here. NFL MVP and Super Bowl MVP. You get it. I'm riding that wave too. Patrick Mahomes. Ah, uh, yeah. Chris, yes. NFL MVP. I guess you have to give it to Mahomes. I mean, I'm trying to search my yeah. brain for another option, but with the hurts getting uh, hurt. <laughs> uh, he would have been my choice, but uh, it looks like, especially with all the injuries they've had, Mahomes has kept this team alive, so uh, give it to him. Shane, coach of the year. Oh, gosh. You've put me on a hot spot here. Um, Jeff Saturday, anybody? <laughs> yeah, definitely not the Colts. I mean, oh, you, can't, you, can't, you can't go wrong with Serrani and the Eagles. I mean, one loss all season led them to a Super Bowl. Give me Nick Serrani. Dave, offensive yep. rookie of the year. Uh, Brock Purdy, 49er. I like it. Tricky. Defensive Rookie of the Year. With uh, Sauce Gardner, but I would argue uh, Dave's uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year. I thought uh, Kenneth Walker third, former Michigan State man, had a very nice year running the ball for uh, Seattle. That would have been my choice, but you didn't ask. 
So, uh, Sauce Gardner, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Now, I gave you all a random question. Give me one, NFL Honors, and I'll answer it. Which one do you want me to take? Yeah, I got you for one. Special teamer of the year. Oh, it's easy. Justin Tucker. Next. All right. How about uh, offensive coordinator of the year? You got to give it to Greg Roman. Oh, son. But, no, look, there's your NFL wrap-up. Hope everybody enjoys the Super Bowl. Uh, go Ravens. That's all I got to say. I really don't care who wins this. As long as it's uh, not the Steelers or Redskins, it's a good day. Yo, Jay, hit it. Let's go. This bitch is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. It's tight. Here we go. And now, the moment we've all been waiting for, Tricky Trivia with Mr. Chris Smith. Thank you, Jordan. It is uh, Super Bowl season, so I have two little bits of Super Bowl trivia. They come from the exact same Super Bowl. Turn back your clocks to 1986 when the New York Giants defeated the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl. Two things happened for the very first time. The first Gatorade shower took place when the New York Giants doused uh, the big tuna, Bill Parcells, with Gatorade. And also, that was the first year that an NFL player, upon winning Super Bowl MVP, was asked, you just won the Super Bowl, what are you going to do now? And for the first time ever, Phil Simms said, I'm going to Disney World. So, without those 1986 New York football giants, we would not have the Gatorade shower and the post-game I'm going to Disney World. Once again, we'd like to thank everybody for listening this week. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Tell your friends about Turtlehead's podcast. Thank you to Travis Garrison and Jonathan Lamoth for being our guests this week. Also, there will be no podcast next week. Enjoy the Super Bowl with friends and family. We're out of here. Love you. Scrub is a guy that thinks he's flying this Also known as a buster Always talking about what he wants And just sits on his broke ass So no, I don't want your number uh-uh. Side of his bed.